Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy monday to you march 20th 2023 you're listening to kentucky roll call here on big x sports radio 1450 a.m tj walker nick roush and justin kalen chilly start to your week but it is going to warm up after a pretty cold weekend all things considered wish it was probably a little little warmer like it was last thursday but it's going to heat up and hope you had a nice weekend sports aside Roush, how are you? I'm um, I'm uh, I'm hurting. It's just it, it you four days of basketball. It takes a takes a toll on the body. Um, I saw two a.m. multiple times this weekend, and I don't know the last time I saw two a.m. So it uh we we were fighting the good fight. We were watching the basketball, winning all the bets. Um, but we just we couldn't win them all. Couldn't win them all. It was tough, but um. I'm I'm actually feeling it because I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a I, I'm not a sitter, especially during Kentucky games. I'm kind of pacing around, standing, maybe doing the little shift back and forth. So you know, it's it just it, it wears you down after a while. You're, you're on high alert. So I'm, uh, whoo, man, man, just uh, I'm feeling it, feeling it after four full days of NCAA tournament basketball. Scoots, how are you doing, buddy? I'm feeling it as well, except for everything that I'm feeling is just sadness. Um, season's over. Hate it. I hate it for roll call. I hate it for Indiana fans. I just, I just hate it. I, it, it's, it was inevitable that it was going to happen eventually, but I, I just thought Indiana and Kentucky both should have made it to the Sweet 16 and should have done so with with relative ease. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sad this morning. It's a, it's a somber Monday, no doubt about it, and. We'll get through it, though. We'll, we'll carry on. How are you, TJ? Doing okay. Still kind of have that stupid cough, which is uh, slightly annoying. I don't think the, the green beers over the weekend really helped, but do, doing all right. Yeah, it we more fun on this radio show if we would have had an additional four or five days to talk more basketball, preview a, a Sweet 16 matchup, a, a very winnable matchup against Michigan State, and you'd be in New York City with Michigan State, Tennessee, FAU. You, you would like your 
you'd feel decent about your chances there. And I think people felt decent, decent about their chances of getting out of Greensboro. And for good reason. They, they had a ton of opportunities and a ton of chances to be able to do enough and win that round of 32 game against Kansas State yesterday. But in the game of basketball, as it so often comes down to, Kansas State hit the big shots and hit the shots when they needed them, and Kentucky did not. It reminded me of another Kansas game Kentucky played this year against just regular old Kansas when it was pretty back and forth. Uh, I think probably one difference between the, the game between Kansas State and Kansas is the back and forth. It felt like Kentucky was in control the majority of the Kansas State game where it kind of felt like Kansas was in control a good chunk, at least of the second half of that UK-Kansas game. But in both of them, the opposing team was the one that made the big plays late to either hold on to a lead or hold on to its cushion of a lead. And in Kansas State's instance, being able to not only come back, but then take the lead. So they hit the big shots. They hit the big plays. They, they, we had threes that were going halfway in and down and popping out, and they were having 25-footers just not touch anything but maybe just a few strands of the net. So you got to take your hats off every once in a while to them. It doesn't take away any of the sting or the hurt or the pain that UK fans are feeling. Uh, but sometimes it's just, it, it, it wasn't your day. And we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about bad, bad coaching decisions. We're going to talk about bad playing decisions. We'll talk about maybe a few good things. I don't know, probably not. Um, but you do, I do just keep coming back to it that like Kansas State just did everything they had to do. And uh, there's a reason they, they've got two All Americans, and especially yep. Noel, who just looks like it. He was he was tough. That was what UK was missing all season. Just a guy that could go out there and when the shots mattered the most, they'd make them. And Kentucky didn't reliably have somebody like that, and nope. they went up against somebody who did, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Kentucky out rebounded Kansas State by twenty and lost because two. I mean, their top two scores over the last big chunk of the season just didn't score. They got opportunities, they got looks, but 2 of 22 for Reeves and Toppin. I mean, I'm actually kind of pissed that Reeves hit that last shot, too. It's like, come on. He looked kind of ticked off. He hit it, too. He he put his hands up like, of course, that's the one that goes in. And everybody was feeling that way about it. Yeah, there's a couple things. You you could look at the games that Oscar and Kaysen, you know, you needed him to have a big game offensively, and he was able to do a few nice things offensively. That was good. You can look at the game a couple different ways where you look at a few players' box scores and you're like, oh, well, Kentucky is probably pretty tough to beat. And then you look at Reeves and Toppin and you say, Kentucky had a chance in this game? Like, they they were in it? And you're like, oh, yeah, no, no. They were very much in it, had every chance in the world to do it, which makes their numbers look even more frustrating and just almost jaw-dropping, where it's like you were in the game and those two guys were just – totally and completely non-existent, it makes it even more frustrating. But yeah. do have to give credit to Kansas State. They hit the big shots. Kentucky did not. And that's how UK season ends. And it's almost sort of poetic in that way. And that's see, how UK season ends. Just mm-hmm. needing a little bit more out of this group, being so close and still ultimately leaving you disappointed. And and so inconsistent. I mean, that's, that's really the name of the game for this Kentucky basketball team. And – I, I didn't know how to say it the 
but this is this feels like a second round team. So I'm not I'm not too disappointed. Um because uh what what did they show you throughout the year that thought that they were going to be more than what they were? Uh, I it's it's so it's it's always so frustrating because they would have these moments like that game in Arkansas or whenever they play Tennessee where you're thinking, wow, and this isn't even this team getting it all together. It's just getting it, you know, 85, 90% of the way. And they don't have a lot of their guys playing well in these games. If they can put it all together, this would be fun. But they, they never seemingly put it all together. And now um, you're left with a 22-12 and 12 team that was a second-round exit. Um, to, a, a lot of times when you think back in hindsight about how uh, you how, how you look on these teams is typically just how do they finish? It was the Final Four team. Well, they were an Elite Eight team. This this feels like a second round team, um, and it's just a shame because Oscar Sheboy. I want to say he was twenty one and nineteen in three NCAA tournament games and only has one win. Uh, it, it's it's not for a lack of effort on his part that he didn't have more success in March, but it's just it's a shame that that they. We couldn't see more of him because he was rebounding. He was even more Oscar Shibway than normal, TJ. Yeah, he, he did his part. And defensively, are there issues with UK when you have Oscar in the game? Yes, that, that those are just like they were in the regular season. But he was, he was locked in on the things that he needed to do uh, or what UK was relying on him to do, and that's rebounding the basketball and, and having an interior scoring presence, which – I think that surprised a lot of people to see the scoring in the paint numbers from yesterday and Kansas State just totally dominating. Uh, Kentucky was able to have some success scoring in the paint as well. And again, that's in large part almost entirely because of Oscar and his contributions that he made. And it's mm-hmm. it's a bummer when you're going to look back at his career, and I think he'll be done at UK. But it's a bummer when you're going to look back at his career and say one, one NCAA tournament win, one SEC tournament win, national player of the year, just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah postseason numbers and uh not not a ton to show for it, but well, that is that's basketball it's how it works sometimes it, unfortunately it didn't kind of feel like in both of those the the providence and the kansas state game the first five to ten minutes kentucky was just better but had nothing to show like the, the rosters just getting rebounds they're getting second chance looks and then they're just missing shots shots after shots after shots and uh it, where's the you should be up. It feels like you should be up by ten, and it's a one point game. You're just clinging to the lead. The missed opportunities, the missed shots. Uh, we need shot makers, not shot takers. TJ, they they didn't have enough shot makers in March. Unfortunately, not. And uh, Scooch, by the way, on the Thornton's text line, best way to start your week and to console yourself after a tough sports weekend is with Thornton's. They've got it all: cheap drinks, eighty nine cents. Delicious donuts, breakfast sandwiches, Southern-style biscuits to get your day going. They got it all at Thornton's. It'll cheer you up, I promise. It'll make you feel a little bit better. So head on to Thornton's today and get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scooch, don't feel like you got to send over every single text. I mean, I'm I'm already halfway through, so I'm just going to keep on trucking. I mean, I don't think we're going to read them all for what it's worth. Majority of them, I'm actually surprised. Majority of them are from the Kansas State game. I, I thought we were going to have a nice mix from Friday's game and then people happy on Saturday and then text from yesterday's game and then people sad, but it's been all just text from yesterday. So it's appropriate. 
Yeah, well, but, I mean, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I don't want you to spend all this time doing it. And I, like I'm telling you, we're probably not going to get to all of them. I don't, I don't want it to be Wednesday and we're still reading texts from Saturday. Or about, about Marquise Noel just like, c- cooking, you know, carving them up. All right. Well, so I, probably not, I'm just, I'm just letting you know, we're probably not going to do that. Well, I'm a creature of habit, so I'm going to send them all over, and you all can choose which ones you read and which great. ones you, you don't. Go ahead and do it. I'm okay. sorry for even bringing it up. Excuse all me. Right. I have, um, I have some good news. I don't know if it's good news, but I have at least some some news that might might pique your interest. Oh shit! Uh, Let's yeah, hit me. So I I think um, I think I I'm, I'm doing it. I think I've made the switch. Uh, no longer Coors Light, uh, Bush Light. Yeah. Oh. That's a great that's a great news drop. Good decision, <laughs> Roush. I don't know what it was, but I just I, I was stopping in my local neighborhood Thornton's and it's like, you know what? I, I've had some of these lately. Let me let me get some more. And it just it mixed them in with some of the leftover Coors lights that I had and the bush lights, it was just Rocky Mountain refreshment. I just was um was I think I think I'm making the switch and it feels feels good. Feels good to change things up, Teach. Uh, good, good for you. Uh, if you're happy, I'm happy. Crappy light beer is crappy light beer. It's it's, it's good. It's refreshing. And, and that no, and I, you know, those what you just said, I don't think is is inaccurate. It, it can be good. It can be refreshing. When I, I don't mean to demean it when I call it crappy light beer. Oh, and yeah. You may say, yeah. well, how would it not be demeaning? You're calling it literally crappy light beer because it's just it's cheap to make. It's nothing really fancy about it, but it can be good and refreshing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing with, with, the, with that. But to me, it's just like we, we watching the game yesterday uh, or Friday, you know, just kind of mixing and matching. I was mixing and matching all weekend, and it didn't, whatever. Did you? Happy life here. I feel like March Madness, though, is definitely a high volume. Like, I, I, some people do the, the more potent potables, but I, I got to have the, for me, it's like a, a nervous drinking sort of situation. So 6% beers or what, anything, anything heavy like that. No, it, it needs to be the, uh, the, the crappy light beer category, if you will, for me. No platies for Roush. I, I oh, agree no. with that. Scoots, everybody's dying to know what you did on St. Patrick's Day. I uh, went over to a buddy's house, hung out and had a few Guinnesses. Then we went down to a local establishment and we had some food, some fish and chips, and we had Guinness. They had $4 Guinnesses on draft, so that was pretty cool. So we did that. Um, that's pretty much all I did, just watch basketball and, and go eat some food and drink some Guinness. It, it was pretty low-key compared to past past St. Patrick's Days. But but did you make it is, the, I think, the ultimate question. I did. However, near the end of that Indiana game, man, I was struggling. I was I was kind of doing the bobblehead thing, but it was with my eyes open. So I ended up making it for the whole game, but it was I was not in good shape. Well, good though, but you made it. I did. I did. Did you? So you probably didn't get around to watching any live PD. Uh, no, I haven't watched any live PD. No, I didn't watch any all weekend. What the hell? No, no. What are we gonna do? Basketball's almost over. Don't you worry, boys. <laughs> uh, you got the Sweet Sixteen. Set. Uh, you had the Kentucky High School Boys Sweet 16 come to an end over oh, over the weekend. Which, okay, uh, shout out to Warren Central for winning the rematch, getting a little revenge. Uh, very rare you get rematches in the Kentucky Sweet 16. But can we talk about mail? They 
They blew a was it uh hold up, I want to double check just to to be clear. They were up by 13 points with four minutes and lost. There's not a shot clock. How do you do that? Frederick Douglass went on a 17-0 run to end the game, and I just I, I can't it my brain just cannot comprehend how it's possible to blow a 13-point lead with four minutes to go in a high school basketball game without a shot clock. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that big. I know they were winning, but wow, that's wild. I mean, like you you have to just miss every like what six, every, it would have to be three front ends. And then double bonus free. I mean, you have to miss a ton of free throws. And, oh, man, I just – I don't even I, – I, that happened and I, I was stunned. I mean, that's a heck of a comeback by Douglas. But uh, I just – I didn't think it was conceivably possible. So, shocking. Was shocking. it like a, oh, the, the refs know this team's from Louisville situation sort of deal? Can you lay the groundwork for that? Oh, yeah, that's that's a good call. Yeah, the, 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 the refs swallow their whistles late when they shouldn't have. Yeah. There. There you go. There we go. That's, there, that, oh, that's, that's how the comeback happens. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but congrats to Warren Central. That's that's exciting for them. I'm sure people in Bowling Green are going wild. Only one loss all season. Um, so, uh, outstanding season for the Dragons. Got a little rematch on GRC, uh, revenge on GRC. Uh, Reed Shepard lost, but he was named uh, Mr. Basketball on Sunday. Yeah, congrats to him. Exciting honor. I know he probably wished there was a deeper, mar- or a deeper Sweet Sixteen run, but still, a hell of a career. And UK folks are excited to get him in the program, and uh, and and that will be good news. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <sighs> Hopefully, I, he'll be able to hit that, knock down some important shots when it matters the most. Exactly. Like just you know, make shots. It, it's not not asking too much, and I. The thing, the other part of this too, uh, TJ, is I, there's a lot of different varying takes that one could have after this game. Um, But like a lot of it really is, I mean, just make some shots and we're playing, we're still playing basketball. Just make some shots and we're still playing basketball. I mean, if you just, you know, I don't know, make a shot, then you're still probably playing basketball. You held K-State to Ofer from the three-point line, and then they were five of nine in the second half. Uh, you were not. You hit two in the second half. Yeah, the, the threes I almost feel like averaged out. Uh, I, I feel like the game probably just kind of unfolded the way that it deserved to unfold, unfortunately, uh, as much as I hate saying that from a Kentucky standpoint. But they couldn't hit water if they fell off a boat. Classic saying. In that first half, just missing. I mean, they were wide open. And, like, there was part of me. Hold on. I'm going to. No, got to hack away. Do, do what I you got to do. Hack, but I think, I, think, I think I buried it away. I think I buried that deep away. And it should. Uh, I, I can I can save it till a commercial break. Right, but anyway. So, when they were missing their threes in the first half, it, it was borderline kind of funny. Like, these are just totally wide open threes. Kentucky, at times, sometimes didn't have a defender within, like, three to five feet of these Kansas State cats when they were shooting their shots. And it was just like clunk, air ball, brick, off the side of the backboard. Just horrible stuff. Just really bad misses. And then, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. But you were like, they're probably not going to miss every single three the second half, although I'm all for it if they want to. And then they just started hitting bombs and like contested threes, hand in their face. 
uh, 24-foot step back, well defended. Like I said, nothing but net. So I do think it probably averaged out where some of those just wide open, nobody even in the neighborhood threes probably should have gone in. And then just some of those wild, absolutely ridiculous late threes probably should not have gone in. So I think it probably averaged out for the most part. Uh, If they would have been hot in the first half and then hit those threes in the second half, one, it probably wouldn't have been all that close of a game. But just pretending that it would have been, uh, then I think you would have had a more serious gripe about like Kansas State was just on fire. They were hitting everything. They were wild. They were horrible in the first half. And Kentucky needed to do a better job of being able to push and extend a lead. And once again, Roush, you looked up at halftime, and not only did they not push or extend their lead, they were losing. Like it, it didn't, you know, didn't it, they weren't able to do enough at all. And then in the second half, they were able to I mean, do what you wanted them to do, and they were able to push a lead and extend a lead. And you just wanted to them eight. to be able to build off that. It was the exact same story again, and we've seen this team do this story a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you knew it was going to be a long day for Reeves, too, when he had that layup that he just threw over the rim. Luckily, Chris Livingston was there to clean it up with a dunk, but, I mean, it was it was, it was a layup that he just barely hit the rim on. Um, yep. like, yeah. That was bad. It, it was really it was bad. Good. It was. I, I wanted Reeves to, and, and I don't think this happened. I know he eventually did, but I, I wanted him just to get fouled somewhere in, like, the end of the yeah. first half, second half. Just get to the line and, like, see your free throws go in chill see the ball go through the hoop and yeah that that layup was a good indication of like a dude who just was in his own head unfortunately he's so good at so many different games this season but that's that's just like that's the thing that they don't quite maybe understand it fully and Reeves is no spring chicken and neither is Oscar this UK team does have some experience but even in their college basketball experience they're 21 22 however old kids He's sort of like that's just how quickly in the NCAA tournament it can just boom. I mean, it was like three plays yesterday. Yeah. In that second half, it was, it, was the, just... it was the stupid foul call where he shouldn't oh, have been shooting free man. throws. Like you're the idiocy of these officials to like you. Okay, so you you saw it well enough to call a foul, but not well enough to know it was he was clearly passing it. So that was ridiculous, and I don't believe. That's those free throws gave them the lead. Yeah, no, those free throws gave them a one point lead. Kentucky responds and then back to back threes, just like that. Boom. Ugh. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you do, you do wonder. It's totally fair to wonder if they don't call that. And how do you call? Like, it's just so bad to call that a shooting foul. And then in that stretch, it may have been a play or two before, maybe a play or two after. But was the case in Wallace no foul call during that stretch? Oh, the and one. Yeah, it was the next play down the court. Because he's that, that was yeah. wild. That was wild. Got taken out. Oh, man. And like again, I, I, I don't put hand up and say UK lost because of the officials. But those were bad calls. It, yeah, it made, it made really things bad. tougher. And I will always default when looking back on this game, unfortunately, in the archives of my brain and in my history, as Kansas State just made made the big shots, and I'm going to give them credit. But, gosh, those calls just made it even tougher, more frustrating, and just head-scratching because it's like missed calls are one thing, but a dude 
passing a ball and you all mistook it for a shot? Like, you, you, you considered him going up, and at no point in that play was he looking to shoot that. Now, he's a, he's a crafty player. He's a really, really good basketball player. And he's somebody that once he goes up in that position, he can be looking to pass. And before his feet hit the ground, he can throw it up over his head and consider it a shot. He, he didn't do that. Like, you can go, you could look at the replay, you can look at it in live action. At no point was that, besides him leaving his feet, was, a, would you even remotely consider that a shot? And he's the type of dude who leaves his feet to pass all the time. So that, that was really, really bad. Um, the missed call, just the no call on Wallace, as you, you get the pictures of his arm just being taken out. Livingston, he didn't get that foul call when he went up and he got taken out. So it wasn't great stuff from the officials there. I don't, I'm not chalking it up as that's if the officials make the right calls, Kentucky wins the game. Maybe they could have. Uh, but again, I will give Kansas State the, the, the credit they deserve. Jerome Tang kind of annoys me a little bit, but I do categorize it as if he were your coach, you absolutely love him to death, like you love. Uh, but, you know, he was a little, he's a, I don't know if arrogance the right word, but you know he 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 didn't back down from the challenge of playing Kentucky, and you wouldn't expect him to. But uh, you know every every like every time he'd have he'd he'd be asked something positive or optimistic about Kentucky, he'd just make sure he'd have to spin it around to like, but our guys, our guys. Uh, which again, if it's your coach, you love it, uh, and maybe they'll make a run. Uh, nobody, I, they were my final four pick coming out of the East. I think they'll have every opportunity in the world to do it. That game against Michigan State is going to be really fun from a guard standpoint, and they they'll have they'll have the opportunities to do it. They they their strategy. It's bummer that it kind of worked out for them. It was just we're going to hack and foul and slap, and nothing's going to come easy for you inside. Uh, you're going to have three four guys on you, and unfortunately, Roush UK just couldn't hit enough shots really to make them pay for that strategy. But that was their strategy, and it worked for them. Unfortunately. I uh, I knew Kentucky was in trouble when I saw the video of them in the locker room. They looked they looked loose. They they were they were catching a vibe. There was a uh, I, I don't know all of the different ways that a Plumley bro might say it, but the, that that looked like a team who was who was ready to go on a run. And I just I don't know. I n- n- don't know if I ever got the vibes with this Kentucky basketball team. And. That's why I'm not going to be all that upset, but I, I admittedly, TJ, I did the thing where uh, I I didn't pour, like some people's post game will be to, like their coping mechanisms will be to just fire off takes and maybe get in some Twitter fights, maybe hop on a message board or comment on some stuff or, uh, you know, listen to post game radio shows, call, like there, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. I tried to put off consuming ta- content about it, thinking about it, talking about it, and uh, just watched some basketball and uh, hung out with the kid. And I'm still admittedly procrastinating and pushing off talking about the offseason because we're going to spend a lot of time. It's 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 just it's going to be a long offseason. It's going to be a long offseason. There's no – that's the nicest way to put it. Yep, in a perfect world, we, this would have been the conversation for next Monday or ideally even a week after that show. But it is it is conversations that are going to be had. We will talk about it. We'll probably touch on it a little bit today, but it will be one of those things for for the next couple of weeks. Those are going to be conversations we'll be having each morning on Kentucky Roll Call. Who's staying? Who's going? Who's potentially coming in? What's the transfer portal looking like? 
And because Kentucky just couldn't hit enough shots and take care of its business that we're, we're doing, we're starting that stuff today, unfortunately. And uh, we're, we'll come back and, and we'll talk more about the game. We'll talk about what Calipari did wrong, uh, the, some of the things he potentially did right yesterday where, where some of the blame falls because, you know, everything's got to come down to, to blame. But we're all hurting. And I know there's plenty of probably rival fans that are listening. And understandably so, you all had a terribly rough season. So if this gives you any bit of enjoyment or you can soak in some misery of your rival fan base, I do totally understand it. And I do get it. And with how rough of a season, uh, we're, we're still even happy to, to have you folks around. But for UK fans, we're all hurting. We're all in this together. Uh, when a loss like this happens, when a season comes to an end, it's totally and completely natural where the fingers get to pointing, the takes get to firing. They're very spicy. They're very hot. You'd think that they were cooked up over at Salsaritas. They're so delicious at times. Um, but we're all hurting. Like, we all wanted it to go differently. We all wanted it to be better. So uh, find the strength in numbers in terms of how much all this kind of stinks. And uh, and we'll try to talk about how we can make it better and make sure you don't end up in this position again. And it's been a, it's been a rough stretch for UK basketball, not making it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2019 is entirely too long of a period for UK basketball to have that piece of history attached to its name. So we're going to take our first break. We're in it together, but we're going to come back. We're going to talk about it and maybe read some Thornton's text messages on the Thornton's text line and do other stuff. Try to cheer you up. Try to cheer me up. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker. Oh, yeah. Jalen will be here. Okay. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh no! We suck again! Searching for you Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Oh, not the show that we were hoping for, but such is life. That's why we're we're here. We're gonna talk about it all the same. Get you get your text in if you're looking to vent or whatever you're looking for. Rash, I, I don't want to just be like a a sad sorry saps today. You know. I mean, it's kind of the. Oh. It's almost like we'll have to be sad. Sorry, Saps. I think the one I can, I can break from being a sad, sorry, Sap though, to talk about some of the other games. Cause they were a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, when we got off the air Friday, you weren't sure what was going to be the, the biggest talking point from the weekend. And you know what? Last year, the, the your exit was probably the biggest talking point of the weekend. A bunch of team people had you picked to win it all. You lost in the first round. Well, this year, uh, Purdue was a bigger con, a bigger fraud. And a uh, big shout-out, to, by the way, to the Cats for having a uh, comfortable enough cushion where I could 
drink up and enjoy Purdue's and Fairleigh Dickinson because that that was probably I don't know what five six minutes left in the UK Providence game when that was unfolding. So we we had the multiple TV set up and you could you could at least enjoy that happening that historic upset uh, while it was happening. So good good job, cats, because th- that that Fairleigh Dickinson FDU baby they. They put it on them, and they almost advanced to the Sweet 16. Had a hell of an effort against FAU Sunday evening. Scoots, uh, number one Purdue hater. I'm sure you were just crying tears of joy, crying tears of happiness Friday night while that was unfolding. I, I was enjoying the heck out of it. Heck out of it. I'll tell you that right now. Purdue somehow they so they last year lose to a 15 seed in St. Peter's. We all know that story, but they mm-hmm. somehow come back this year. And it's a worse loss because they lose to a 16 seed. First ever team in NCAA tournament history to lose to -to back-to-back 15 and up seeds in the tournament, which is just wild. Purdue, if if they're going to fail, they will find a way to fail. So just keep that in mind when filling out your brackets next year. It's kind of like the same thing with Gonzaga for me. Like, they're going to fail. It's just inevitable. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Some people probably already did this, and I, I had Purdue losing to Memphis, so I was I was wrong, but also right that Purdue wasn't going to be making a deep run. But I bet there's people that already do it, where it's like I don't even care who Purdue's playing; I'm picking them to lose. I just uh, it's been just far too many years now that they have come up short. That would be brutal, and it's not that UK basketball is basking in glory or racking up the tournament wins and postseason success left and right as of late but just imagine last year's st peter's loss and then imagine it again this year and then also the year before and that that would that would be really really tough not not that not that things are really really easy for us but that would be brutal and the embarrassment of just being that piece of history now the second number one seed to lose to a 16 is is that the both happen in five year spans is that one the worst one like is this is the Purdue loss worse than the Virginia loss just because UMBC went on to the Sweet Sixteen? Well, equally, as, equally as bad. They didn't. They didn't go to the Sweet Sixteen. They didn't. They I lost. thought they did. They lost. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Because Fairleigh Dickinson, I was saying, should be or could be the first team to go to the Sweet Sixteen last night. That's right. Did you? Did you have to pump the brakes on dancing on their graves though? Because Indiana hadn't played yet. I mean, it, it was one of those things. I, so, in all truthfulness, I wasn't all that happy when Purdue lost. It was kind of just one of those things. Like I just laughed. Like that's so Purdue. So I wasn't. No, I, I didn't like dance around it or anything. I, I just me and my one of my uncles were texting back and forth, just kind of having a good time with it. See, I I'm sure there were plenty of Indiana fans that were a predicament though, because you can't. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying because that went through my head for sure. Yeah, it's hard, hard, tough to pile on there. Yeah. Uh, no, it, when, it, it, when it's the 16th seed, you got to let it rip, regardless of what happens <laughs> in your game or what could happen later on. When it's 16-1, that's that is a piece of history that you you just you don't want to you don't want anything to to do with. But uh, Indiana was able to take care of business at least in the first round before losing last night. So it's just Kentucky loser roll call this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Two teams bounce from the tournament prematurely and now you get a sweet 16 you get the the rest of the road of the NCAA tournament without a Duke without a Kentucky obviously Indiana not being part of the sweet 16 is really nothing 
all that new, but there that's another big blue blood. That's uh, no Kansas, no that, Kansas as well, nor that, North Carolina because they didn't even make it. That was a it was one of those profitable parlays that I lost. It was like you know what, sure, like it's fine. Suck at Kansas, not winning another title. So fine by me. On to the next one. Well, I mean, just get get UCLA out of there, and then yes. I guess you. I guess UConn for some folks. Who really cares? I, I think point? it's th- those are the two, though, right? Like anybody else, really, besides UConn and UCLA. Yeah, I think I think so. And, and they're in the. You're not going to have both of them come yeah, out exactly. So. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I guess Tennessee, we don't want Tennessee to do anything crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would, would uh, Another – a loss right away would be nice. I don't know if we're going to get that fortunate, but um, – Like, I was happy like, you did what you did against Duke. We do appreciate that, but yes, now it's do. time for you to, to, to bounce. And it would have been really fun for us to be the team to do it in the Elite Eight in Madison Square Garden for a third straight win over the Vols. Uh, but we, we blew it. Kentucky blew it. Did you all have a favorite game this weekend? Like one that yes. you just enjoyed watching more than any others? Not including your team. Let me put that caveat out. There were a lot of good ones. Mine yeah. was mine was Kansas-Arkansas for sure. It was a good time. No, it was a good time. No, it was. That was a great game. That was a, another example of, and I, I know I'm not, I know everybody knows this, but just like another, that's the NCAA tournament. Kansas was in an all right spot. You blinked, Arkansas made two plays, and boom, your season that had 39 <laughs> yeah. quad one wins was just over. Just over. Yep. Boom. Taken taken from you. Just like that. Uh, yeah, the favorite game over the weekend, I don't so, know. That was, that was a good one, Scoot. Good Friday, Friday was great because it was very much a – the final, like basically from 5 or 6 p.m., 6 p.m. on, it was just nonstop awesomeness. Uh, and you you got the big upset with Purdue uh, going down, and then Kentucky wins. And so you're you're just, okay, well, now it's, this is just bonus bucks. So you're, you're watching. Like I had Ford Atlantic money line. They hit that shot late. Um, really wanted some free basketball in overtime with that that floater that the guy hit going down the lane. And now I can't uh, – who was it that – I forget what game that was, but it was – they were like back-to-back. There was two of them uh, on Friday night that that went down to the wire. It was uh, Arizona State losing to uh, a six seed. And I don't don't know who it was anymore. But it was – TCU. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So those all happening pretty close to one another – Made for a front fun Friday night experience. Yeah, with the with the Caps winning and the game on Friday night, uh, just you're kind of similar to Kansas State game, kind of a typical Kentucky basketball game where this team I don't think stinks. I don't think they totally suck. I think they have talent. I think they're a good team. Oscar his rebounding performance on Friday was historic and awesome and fun to watch. But it was a game where Kentucky, Providence was just begging Kentucky to blow them out. Kentucky would not oblige, and UK nope. was kind of egging Providence on to get right back into the game. And you know what? Go ahead and make it a one-point game for all we care. Tie it for all we care. Uh, Providence didn't do it, thankfully, for Kentucky, but it was just your stereotypical epitome of UK basketball this year, uh, just choosing not to bury a team despite having all the chances in the world to do it. And thankfully, this go-around, Providence didn't, didn't hit enough shots or make enough plays to – to make it interesting, but 
that you know who really cares about Friday after yesterday? Yeah, it was funny, and I thought appropriate too. How much time and energy we spent talking about Bryce Hopkins, only for him to have what eight point seven rebounds, something like that. It he he, he felt like a non-factor, and Jacob Toppin's two-handed block of him was just. Oh, so awesome. It was awesome. You thought they were just going to ball out and just totally blow the doors off them after that point. And I, yeah, I do wonder maybe if like all the emotion that Jacob Toppin put into Friday exhausted his tank on Sunday potentially or just couldn't get back into yeah. that mode or whatever it was because he was awesome. Like That was the Jacob Toppin you need for Kentucky to make a big-time run. And then just two days later, he has one of his worst performances of the season. <sighs> you just... <sighs> Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. It it's ah, just just stinks. Topping totally likable dude. Uh, that you know it's the same thing with Antonio Reeves as well. He just like the this team was fine from a likability standpoint. Like they 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 were a team that I think if they just were instead of losing eleven games they had lost or twelve games or whatever it ended up being if they had lost four or five a lot of people would probably consider them one of their favorites all time just from a just from a personality standpoint, seems like a really likable group. Just didn't win. Just didn't win nearly enough for, for UK standards. And uh, unfortunately, just will be thought of in the in the basket of mediocrity with the other UK teams, unfortunately. Uh, likable group didn't really do anything to, to pay, to, to make you think too fondly of them in the other metrics of Kentucky basketball yeah. and that that's a bummer for them because they do they do they do seem likable they did provide some fun moments just not nearly consistent enough and at the end of the day that's the issue um, saw a lot of people disappointed with substitutions and whatnot and, and that's everybody's entitled to their opinion and uh, you got to understand Charles Barkley's quote is has made the rounds all weekend what quote was that it, just talking about like this is the only. This is the only. Sports are the only thing where you just let like a plumber call in, and their opinion's supposed to be as credible as you, somebody that's played for twenty years, or coached for fifteen years, or study the game, or been in broadcast. Blah blah blah. I don't. You know. I don't yeah, know. Uh, I don't gotcha. know the exact words, but it's like you know. Why do Why do we Why do we do that? And I. I think it was a great quote. Like it's a great quote, and everybody's going to be able to like use it to. To, to validate their own opinions to some degree, but everybody is entitled to their own opinion and everybody does see games differently. But I, I was starting to see the people get mad about substitutions. And I, I don't think there was one specific necessarily like X's and O things for why UK lost, or if you had done this, you would have done or this would have happened. I still would have played Damien Collins more than Lance Ware. Uh, the end of the first half is not why well, UK basketball well, lost the game, though. But, but like, what, I, I would have done that. I'd like to hear more explanations about that. What, 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 what's the Lance Ware trap? Like, what, what, what is that, though? Oh, bringing uh, him up there? Yeah, like, just go chase. Like, oh, they, they were doing that just to try to not let him get ahead of steam, which led to him getting ahead of get, steam. Exactly. Kentucky <laughs> being out. But, I mean, I, I totally disagreed with it. I, I understood why you did it, but, like, it, it didn't work. It, ne it never worked. But why use Lance as your – he's the last person you use to go chase down an All-American point guard and try to put pressure on him to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, sometimes it was just because the big was kind of out there, so he was the one that do it. But I, I agree. Like, I would not have done that. I would not have done that. I don't think that's why it cost UK the game. But, yes, I would right, not have right. done that. I don't think that I, that was a good I, strategy. I didn't like that. And the other thing, too, that I'm 
I'm I'm usually pro like, hey, you got to shoot through your slump. You got to shoot through your slump. After he had missed his first eleven shots, though, with a few minutes ago, that's Kaysen's playing well. Let's let's have Kaysen take the shots down the stretch. Let's 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 try to design, set up whatever you want. Like let's let's ha- make sure this offense is going through Kaysen and he's the one taking shots down here instead of getting another wide open Antonio Threves miss. I, I don't disagree with that take either. I just add that I, I think that that's kind of – I think that switch happened in the second half where it's just like, Kaysen, come on. Like, it's you. You you go do it. And then that almost led to more open Reeves shots because Wallace kind of went in creator mode. And so he'd kick out or, or, or he'd make a pass and it'd be like the hockey assist and then they'd pass it to a wide open Reeves. And you, I don't know. Like, you, you, got, you can't just say, like, I'm old 11, so I'm not going to take this one anymore. He had. He just needed him, to hopefully, to hit the hit the big ones, and then we'd look back, and the storyline would say he started 0-9, he started 0-11, he started 0-12, but he still hit the big ones that advanced Kentucky in the tournament, and it, that didn't never it never happened for him. Never happened. He did get that one there late. Uh, he had the reaction that I think the majority of UK fans across the world had, just like what now? Now it goes in. That's the one that you make. But I do agree that it needed to be the Wallace show, and I think they tried to make it the Wallace show. It's just who yeah. who outside of Oscar helped during that stretch? Nobody. My roommate was calling for Reeves to be sat on the bench when he was that cold. Were you all in agreement of that? or No, because I, I was of the same mindset that you just said, TJ. It's like when you have a shooter like that, you want him to keep shooting because eventually it's going to go in, and he's the type of guy that can hit four or five in a row. But my roommate was screaming, take him out of the damn game. I thought you had to keep him in. It's it's frustrating when you can't just kind of get it going. We're going to leave you in. We're going to give you the opportunity. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. And they don't figure it out. But with the way the UK's makeup, you, you just you needed you needed him in. Yeah, because you, you could blink and he could have nine points in forty five seconds. The the alternative would be playing CJ Frederick, and it's just but. Hey, what hit gonna, a three. He did hit one, but like, what are you going to get out of him? Uh, it was pretty him. wild. He made one. Uh, all right, let's First end hour one here. Yep. Let's end hour one, try to get back closer to the top of the hour. We'll get into some text. Again, I, I just, I'm just i not like looking forward to just reading text from Friday's game. It just doesn't sound fun for anybody involved, especially not myself. There's not a ton uh, from Friday. What's that? There's not a ton from Friday, for what it's worth. All right, so maybe we'll just jump past those and can get into reactions from tomorrow. I don't care. We'll figure it out. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Hour oh, number two coming okay. up next. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and producer of the stars, Justin Dale. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Only darkness every day. Ain't no sunshine when she gone. Over. You say over? I ain't heard no Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Roll Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. Monday morning. It stinks, but hey, we're here for you. 
you're there for us. We're here for each other, Roush. Sounds like the start of maybe a Barney song. Is Barney still around? Uh, they're rebooting it. It will be back. So, yes. Okay. I, I guess okay. technically, yes. It's still still around, gone, but coming back soon. Isn't the new uh, Barney creepy as all get out? I think I saw a picture yesterday. I think now that you mention it, I do remember, like, I, I thought maybe it was already a Barney that existed or they already did reboot it, but... I do remember hearing something from somebody saying the new Barney was much different than how we remember the Barney. He's a little bit sleeker, not as um, chunky. Oh, he, he got in shape over the yep. years. Yep, got in shape. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's like that's like when the fat comedians lose weight and they're not as funny anymore. Barney's not going to be as good if he's not fat. Barney is meant to be fat. What comedians did you have in mind there? Um, the first one that comes to mind is Rebel Wilson. I, I thought Re- I think Rebel Wilson is hilarious. Uh, I don't even know if she does stand-up comedy, but I know in her movies that I've seen where she's skinnier, I don't find her near as funny. Interesting. I thought you were going to go Jonah Hill route, but uh, Jonah Hill too. a woman right away. Yeah. Are you sexist? No, I enjoy all hey. genders. That's why I mentioned a woman right away. It's the first one that came to my mind. What woman gets skinny and you like her less? Huh. Interesting. (laughs) Just think she's less funny. Looking up the new Barney, it looks fine. Yeah, Uh, it's not that much different at all. Not as round of a face, or they kind of just reshaped the face a little bit. I gave Barney some eye sockets. Or a little, you know, like where the eye goes in. I I think it's better. I think it's better. Good job on the new Barney, Barney people. (laughs) Making the same lovable hey. big purple dinosaur. Speaking of good job, okay, uh, this this is the part of the year where you're like, okay, well, Kentucky basketball is over, so what's next? Um, some of what's next, we'll get. You have Will Levis's Pro Day Friday. The NFL Network will carry it, so that's going to be uh, a circus in of itself. Um, spring practice is back, and so that'll be uh, stuff to talk about. But the Bat Cats, more bats, more cats. They're just Running up the score on teams, 14 straight victories after winning in 10 innings on Friday. They brought out their brooms, swept Mississippi State by outscoring them 29 to 6 Saturday and Sunday. Like, maybe, maybe they're good. Maybe we can have some Kentucky baseball to, to keep an eye on uh, and keep us entertained this spring. I was told that if UK baseball is going to do anything, kind of worth a, a fart this year. You needed to take advantage of this series, but that just meant winning the series. And they went ahead and swept Mississippi State, dominated them along the way. And so, yeah, hats off to them. Good job. They are hot and could potentially give us something to to keep an eye on this spring, which would be yeah. fun. And when you're Scoots, hot, you squat. Just whew, so hot. Scoots, did you know that today is the first day of spring? Uh, I did, yes. Well, because uh, you're the you're the you're me, our weather guy, so of course exactly. you know that. Yes, of course. What time does spring start today? Uh, that I don't know. I do not know, but it does not feel like outside that spring starts today. I'll tell you that it is freaking cold. Well, it's not because it's not spring yet. Oh, okay. What time? Not till what time? Five twenty-four. Five twenty-four today. That's when it warms up. Got it. So at five twenty-five, you're probably going to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Flip-flops. Shady rays will be on your head. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, flip flop swim trunks. With your shady rays, because you probably use promo code Big X. I did not. Shadyrays.com. Save twenty five percent. You go to shadyrays.com. You can do just that. Amazing selection for any sort of activity you've got going on outdoors. Any reason that you may need sunglasses on your head. Shady Rays will have something specifically for you. Go to ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX at checkout. Yesterday was a afternoon. That was a, another coping way, too, was the Shady Rays outside in the sun. Because the sunshine out, you know, around 5 o'clock was warm. Kind of kind of basking it a bit. Um, it was nice. Glad I had my, my Shady Rays on. Yeah, we got a little outdoor time yesterday. Still was chilly, but it uh, should be I think it's like a high of 50 today, so it should be nice a little bit later on. But uh, shout out to the Batcats. So they they continue their hot ways. They will host Eastern Kentucky on Tuesday for their midweek game and then first SEC road series to go into Tuscaloosa. I think Alabama's pretty – I mean, every team in the SEC I think is pretty solid for the most part. But I, I think this is one where it wouldn't be – you could really send a message to the conference if you won this road series – Mm-hmm. At least don't get swept, um, but this is one that potentially Kentucky could you you could find maybe a series win there, and that would be huge for SEC standings and and you're just building your resume hoping to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, come, come on, let's let's do this, Batcats. I mean, they're they've they've lost two games on the season, and and one of them was their first one of the year where their bats just couldn't get couldn't get going. But they're they're almost, you know, to me, they've done everything that they've needed to do. If you really want to get technical, you could say, well, they, they didn't need to lose those two games. They didn't need to lose to Wright State or lose to Elon. Okay, besides those two blemishes and series that they won, they're doing everything that you could ask of them. And I think they maybe made the out-of-conference schedule a slightly bit easier than than some other years just because they do want to kind of stack up some of those wins and build a little bit of momentum. But they're doing it. So when – We've been really tough on Nick Mingione, and I've you know I've been willing to eat crow with the whole thing. They're doing everything that they should be doing up to this point of the season. It is only the middle of March, a little after the middle of March. They still have a long way to go. The baseball season doesn't end until nearly the end of May. Uh, that's around when the conference tournaments start up. So you still got a long way to go, but Ralph, so far so good. And I think that that needs to be complimented and mentioned, especially for people that have been tough on the baseball program like we have. Yeah, yeah, we we certainly have. So that's where um, it's been a pleasant surprise uh, this year. But they're not there yet. <laughs> um, speaking of not getting there, did you see what happened at the very last moment of the very last game of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. What what are you specifically referencing? In, I'm specifically referencing the TCU down six point seven on the clock. Oh yeah, four and a half point dogs. Dude hits a three to cover with uh, as the horn sounds. An yeah, all all time bad beat. Admittedly, uh, not I was definitely not awake for it when it happened. Um, but I did see it in the highlights, and I did see all the tweets talking about it. That was, oh, man. That's, that's rough. That one was bad, but I don't – the the most brutal one that I was I was on both sides of because I had it in our spread madness game, um, but San Diego State-Charleston is one I just – putting time on the clock to go shoot two free throws to cover, that that's – 
that 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 one that one was wild. That one was very. You were wild. on the right. You were on the right end of that. Yeah, and I also like I hated San Diego State, and I so I bet Charleston by myself. <laughs> but um, hey, you know what? We're we're still alive though. San Diego State's still alive though, so I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be mad about it. You are the only person affiliated with Big Exports Radio still alive and spread madness. Uh, this one was also a long time ago, but did you see the Texas Tech Corpus Christi? Because in a separate one, I had Alabama needing to cover, and <laughs> the dude like hits a step oh, yeah. back with a walk on, like in his face, just contested shot to cover twenty three and a half. I mean that who who. Yeah, if you don't care about gambling and stuff like that, us talking about the end of games and blowouts probably isn't the most exciting thing for you. But these things are very exciting. And that one was especially wild too, Roush, because it looked like Corpus Christi was, was just fine running out the clock. <laughs> yeah. Like they were just dribbling. You know, people were kind of talking to one another. He, he, like, in, nine, he eight, like even seven. tested the waters to try to drive in to get an easy bucket. When the guy guarded him, he was like, well, I guess I'll just dribble it out. Exactly. Yeah, he even did like the, are you actually going to guard me all the way? And he was like, okay, you're still playing. I'm just, I'm just messing. You're just messing. We're having fun. Paul, good cover. <laughs> um, and, then, and then, you know, I, I will, I, I try not to be one of those people where it's just like, when you win bets, that's the only time you talk about betting. And anytime you talk oh. about betting, it comes back around to when you're doing hot or doing well. Cause I was ice cold in conference championship week and maybe even like the week up before conference championship week, but I caught fire this weekend and had probably my best gambling weekend. I, I didn't hit any giant parlays, so the, the total amount actually wasn't as good as maybe some other ones. But in terms of like consecutive winners, I think I've probably picked eight or nine straight winners. Um, it's just, it's been, it's been great. So at least there's that. At least gambling, I'm going to be hot going into the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight weekend. And turned out not to be the best regional for Louisville. Um, I think from a ticket value standpoint, Bama's going to bring a bunch of fans. How many will San Diego State bring? I can't imagine many. Creighton, I think, will bring a decent amount of fans. Uh, how many fans will Princeton bring? I think Princeton like, will bring a lot. You yeah. think they'll bring a lot? I can't imagine it's going to be a lot. Like I bet they'll fill their their section of lower-level tickets. But I can't imagine – the KFC Yum Center second level just being like shoulder to shoulder with Princeton Tigers. Well, that Princeton Creighton game, by the way, is going to be fun. F U N. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of a lot of points, a lot of scoring, probably not a lot of fouling. I, I just know, at least with uh, Princeton alums, that I mean, if they if they're they if they were ever going to go to an athletic event and you're a big Princeton fan, it's this one, right? And I don't think, sure. uh, you know, they probably think they can beat Creighton too. Exactly, or so, like you know, as good as a chance to win a Sweet Sixteen game as you're ever going to have cheering on an Ivy League team. I, I got a, a high school bud who went there and is bringing his whole rowdy bunch. Um, so that'll Pretty at good. least know so, so, one tickets? group of crazy Princeton people. Do they need tickets? Tickets. Um, maybe, maybe. Bandit San Diego State should be a good game. For the people that are going to be at the Yum Center, I think you'll see some fun basketball, and you'll get to, you know, see Alabama, who I think is probably just most likely going to waltz their way to a national championship. But you should see fun basketball there. 
Friday and Sunday. I really wish we were going to see some UK basketball in Madison Square Garden on Thursday and, and cool. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Would have been would have been a lot a lot more fun. Uh, what was your most frustrating thing Calipari did or didn't do? Was it the Lance Ware double teams? Was that what what you would say your biggest coaching gripe was yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have um, I didn't have a ton of them because it. It, and it also felt like when we when, when you when you saw the Kentucky defense get beat off the dribble that it wasn't like it, it didn't feel like a bunch of like breakdowns and like system systemic fit failures right it was like somebody getting beat off the dribble because Noel is just uh, he's just better you know so I didn't I didn't have a ton of gripes for Calipari yesterday um, big picture wise I've got I've got plenty that we'll get to but in game coaching I I you know. I couldn't – I'm not going to spend here and just – if Cal could have got it done. I mean, I'm mad that they lost in the second round, but I think he had a second-round team. I don't know how much coaching he could get them to, to play over their heads. They were six seed, you know. And that's – as it comes to a close, and we'll have more days to do recaps about it all, is I, I, I think, like, once the dust settled – you're sadly probably right. And like you think back to all the arguments and the fights and the yelling and the, the, the divided fan base about the Benny lineup versus this lineup versus playing these guys versus doing that guy. Like when it was all said and done, I think yeah. the best players played were put in positions where if they were, if they were with it, they were going to go help, win the game for Kentucky, maybe be the sole reason why they, that why UK was going to win the game. Uh, I would have liked Colin, if, if we're doing anything from a playing standpoint, I just think Collins should have gotten more minutes along the way. Again, not why UK lost yesterday, but I, I'm there with you where from like an X's and O's and strategy standpoint, I, I think Kentucky came out a little surprised that Kansas State was going to be so aggressive and doing so much of the slapping and the fouling and we're going to get in your face for the length of Seemed like Kentucky was a little taken aback by that, which, like, you know, you, you shouldn't have been. You should have been ready for that because just some of those passes in the first half were so, so bad. That was just strictly, like, you weren't prepared for what you were going to see. You are just making lazy, weak passes like you did against Providence, but they're overextending. They're playing you. And then once they figured out that Kansas State was overextending, it did lead to some easy baskets and it led to some rhythm. But it, I, I think it did take a little too long for UK to kind of get with the program with that. And then on the flip side, from a defensive standpoint, I do think that preparation was lacking a little bit, just in the sense of like, all right, you know that their all American guard, his whole goal is going to be get inside the paint. And yes, he is good enough where he can kind of finish himself a little bit, but he's definitely going to be looking to pass. So you've got to stay disciplined on your men. Like you cannot, if you leave your man, this little guard is going to find him for a dunk, most likely. So if you lose him, he's going to find him. Don't lose your guy. And so I just thought they started a little slow. But that being said, Kentucky still had a good chunk of the lead for the first half. They yeah. Even despite some of those like hiccups, I, I do think you could have potentially maybe put it on them. But that, that was, Kansas State wasn't going to roll over and die. Kentucky could have been up 12, 15 in the first half, and it wouldn't have mattered. Kansas State was going to make a run, and they were going to come back, and they were going to start hitting some shots. Uh, I wish it wasn't just prayer after prayer, it seemed like, that we're just going in from deep with a hand in their face. But I thought the coaching and stuff like that, for the, not perfect, but it was fine. It was good enough to win the game. The reason you lost the game was because what Reeves and Toppin did, I'm not putting specifically on them, but 
it, they would probably be the first ones to kind of put it specifically on them. They, yeah. they, they really needed some more points for them. I have to fall back to what you said, Roush. I just it just comes back to roster construction and roster management. You needed nobody could have anticipated severe Wheeler getting hurt, but there were whispers after last year that maybe, maybe he was frustrated and uh, he comes back and that's fine, but you can't help but think that that wasn't at least at partial distraction at some point in the season. And even if it wasn't this past weekend, when Kyle Tucker was being told from the staff that he was going to play and he goes through warm-ups, and he's in his jersey, but then he just doesn't play. And maybe if he would have gotten – I bet we'll probably hear. If he just gotten three or four more days in Kentucky, been in New York, you probably would have seen him go out there on the floor. But it just comes back to roster construction. Cason Wallace, good guard. He unfortunately isn't going to reach that next tier of great John Calipari point guards, but he'll be in that very accomplished and well-regarded tier of great, of like really good really good John Calipari freshman and really good guards, but he didn't take that next step. And you had to rely on him. You had to rely on him as your guard, as your point guard. And then Antonio Reeves, you know, we were looking at him early on in the season as the Grady mentor And we were like, Oh no, that he's not ready for that. Then we saw why he was um, unfortunately, maybe just at the end of the day, a little bit too inconsistent, or he would have been a really nice piece to have Roush. If maybe CJ was what you thought he was going to be. Yeah, but between no. the two of them, you couldn't have games where one of where both of them would go missing, and it happened far too frequently. Because CJ was just hurt all year, and it was what it was with him. And when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't making shots, and maybe he wasn't making shots because he was still actually injured and he was playing. T- I don't question the dude's toughness, and I respect the hell out of him for that. But when we just look at the season and why it didn't go the way we wanted, it does start to make sense where it's like, all right, you only had one point guard, and he was really good, but it took him some time, and you had to figure some stuff out. Your shooting guards, your three-point makers. One was just not that good, even yeah. when he could play. But he was hurt most of the year. Maybe that's an excuse. Maybe it's not. But it doesn't matter. You didn't have anything to show for it. The other one, Antonio Reeves, really good, inconsistent. But with the fact he had nobody backing him up or nobody to help take the load off of him, you noticed when he was inconsistent. You noticed when he was off because the team noticed it, and the team struggled because of it. And then Livingston, he took some time. Uh, I you know I wish his his shot kind of got cold there a little bit late, but he was good. Um, you, you could see why Cal wanted to develop him earlier on in the season. I think I think Cal was vindicated with the Chris Livingston. When it's all said and done with Chris Livingston, I think he handled that right. He played him earlier on. Didn't always look pretty. Sometimes maybe bogged down the offense, but you saw why. Because at the end of the season, you needed that dude out on the floor. He battled. He was tough. He was a good role player. He was a good utility player. And then the front court, Toppin, he figured it out. Unfortunately, a bad game. Kind of sunk the season for UK, but that is the tournament, as I'll say yep, a million more yep. times. And then Oscar was Oscar. So, it, just you got to get you got to get a little bit more talent in there. Well, you got to get some better players. That that's what it comes down to for why this season ended when it did. There was a tweet that Sam Vecini had the before the tournament began, where he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I'm watching this old." Uh, John Calipari Memphis team with Derrick Rose and and man, this was such a well constructed team with CDR hitting mid range and Dozier and he was using it as a point to talk about roster construction and having complementary pieces fit well together. But the thing is that he was he was he wasn't seeing the forest through the trees. Uh, he had the Derrick Rose as this point guard. That guy was the MVP three years later. 
the point guard position has not been good for Kentucky for I it just it ha, it hasn't been good for a while and um I I, I think bringing Severe Wheeler back was a miscalculation um I don't know I I guess he thought you know maybe the grass isn't always greener it might be a little risky trying to go to the portal to get a second guy but not not only the stuff that you know, could potentially be having an off court, but just from an injury health standpoint, is are you going to have him? The answer was, of course, ended up being no. I don't know what the hell that thing was Thursday. Like, why they like? Why, you didn't need to go out there and act like he was going to play. He wasn't going to. Why? Why'd you give him? Why'd you give him that time? I don't understand that. But a lot of I think the the big picture struggles. Um, a lot of it, I think, just falls on the shoulder of not having consistent point guard play. Will you get that next year? I don't know. I know you're going to at least get a dog in DJ Wagner that can handle the ball well. I think Reed Shepard, um, I'm I'm hopeful that he has that sort of mindset. I, I, but who, who knows? I don't know what to expect from Dillingham. I don't know about his motor, but a lot of it's going to come back getting a dog at point guard, having somebody to – put the team on their back and create offense when necessary. And Kentucky hasn't had that in, in far too long. And I think you could make a case that you could say, well, like Casey Wallace, he's going to maybe be a lottery pick. And if not a lottery pick, certainly probably a top 20 pick. He's really, really good. I, it, you, you had, uh, you had Washington, Tata Washington, who was really good and injuries maybe played a role in it a little bit, but he was a high draft pick as well. I do think you're kind of seeing like the the tier split though, when you're talking about freshman point guards. Like you can be really really good, but you maybe have to be elite for for this to take off in the manner that it will, at least from a freshman standpoint. And I'm not saying this to to crush the kid. I, we, we can all be mature here in, in in radio world, but like we'll look. We 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 will. We do. We are currently doing such. You'll look back at just the whole Severe Wheeler edition and say, like, yeah, it was a mistake. When he was considering Kansas, Kentucky, uh, I think LSU as well, maybe in hindsight it would have been better if he had gone elsewhere and and UK had to to find somebody else, find somebody that was a better shooter. But this this stuff – and this is where Cal just unfortunately does need to be better is he is so reactionary – to roster deficiencies, and he's generally not proactive about it. I guess that could be somewhat debatable about if you're proactive about roster roster development because if you're getting good players, isn't that technically being proactive? But this is something that has happened with him in years past. And Kentucky has that COVID year with Devin Askew as point guard, and Cal tells himself, I am never not going to have a point guard that I don't trust to be on the floor making the right decisions. So what does he do? I'm going to go get the best, uh, the the guy that leads the country in assists, that leads the conference in assists. He knows how to play in this league. I I will I won't have to worry about the ball getting where it needs to go if I go get Severe Wheeler and bring him in, which was true, kind of like you know he led a, the assist, he led the country in assists again at Kentucky, and Kentucky had somebody that could distribute the ball, but it, it ended up not being the right fit. There's somebody that couldn't shoot. He had injuries, was, you know, mentally, was he where he needed to be? I don't know. You know, you, you'll hear whispers and rumors about that. It doesn't really matter because uh, on the court, it just didn't, it wasn't the perfect fit. Yes, he could pass the ball, but unfortunately, 
His size stopped him from being the finisher that I think UK needs. And he was an okay finisher, but he needed to be a little bit better. And he certainly wasn't the shooter that UK needs. And his percentages from a shooting standpoint were a little bit better than I think a lot of people give him credit for, but it was such a slow release. It wasn't something where he was just going to have a man on him, uh, basically do what Noel did yesterday. Just dribble, dribble, pull, good. You weren't going to really get that out of a severe wheeler. So in hindsight, maybe not the, the best decision to bring him in. And it's not the first time Cal's done that. Uh, and this isn't necessarily a mistake, but after the loss to to West Virginia in 2010, he was like, "I'm never not going to have a shooter on my on, on. I'm always going to make sure I've got shooters and shooters and shooters." And you went on a year, you went on a little stretch where you did have shooters. The 2011 team, the 2012 team, the 2013 Kyle Wilcher was his shooter there that he was really excited about. Um, so he'll, he'll do this stuff, Roush, where he'll see something that wasn't right on the roster for a year, and he'll tell himself, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. And the thing that I can think of for this year, where he may be doing that, and you pointed to guards, I think he'll do it from, I need to get, I, I want to make sure I've got a lockdown defender. Cason Wallace did a good job. He was a good defender. But I think Cal's going to say, I'm going to make sure I've just got somebody that, I can trust on the wing to guard multiple different positions. If they get switched in a screen, I'm not going to have to worry about them. I bet that will be Cal's next big reactionary roster move is he's going to go get a good defender, lockdown defender from the transfer portal. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm wanting him to do that. Yeah. Especially if you kind of look at the pieces he's bringing in, that would make a lot of sense too. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I, um, I, I, I'm just a little it, exasperated about what to do next because it is just – it's so frustrating because you feel like even breaking down this team in the preseason that they were seemingly su- supposed to have the right pieces, but I just – I think you had to ask some to do way too much because of injuries or whatever it might be. Like Casey K- Wallace, I, I think, could have been that lockdown defender – if he didn't also have to be the point guard and also a scoring guard, like, yeah, I, I, I think he got That's asked true. to do too much where yeah. um, we're going to think of him in that second tier of UK guards. And I, I think he might've been capable enough to be in the first, if he just didn't have to do everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, that's, that's well said. And, Again, that's where, like, the Wheeler injury and stuff, that was kind of brutal there. But I also don't know if the team was at its, would be at its best with Wheeler being on the floor with Wallace, which obviously yeah. were conversations yeah. that we had uh, in great length throughout the season. But then that comes back to roster management and roster construction, and that's where Cal's got to be better. And I think that's why UK basketball is where they're at. I don't think it's so much X's and O's in the game or he's forgotten how to coach and – this, that, or the other. But I do think there's fair criticism to be had about roster management, roster construction. And, uh, you know, it's easy to get excited. It's easy to read athletic articles or different articles about summer workouts or this player's dominating. But as a radio show, I want to do a better job of it too. Uh, I think the Bahamas really was probably just a, a lethal uh, a, a lethal dose of just like optimism, being able to watch some summer basketball during the hiatus and just see them balling out and thinking that this team was going to be a lot better. But I'm going to be tough on their roster construction this year. And I'm going to, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to, and you know, you, we probably had this exact same conversation after the loss last year in the NCAA tournament. But again, the Bahamas, I think, kind of 
threw everybody there for a loop because they just looked so good for an extended period of time there. And there's so many different players that were looking good as well. But I'm going to be tough on them this year, Roush. I'm, I'm going to take more of like the pessimistic angle for some of these players. Like, all right, DJ Wagner's not going to be able to shoot. Will he be able to shoot? Maybe. I, you know, I, I, I think he actually probably will be maybe a little bit better shooter than we think. But he's not, he's not going to be your lethal, dead-eye, knockdown three-point shooter. So to me, make sure you're going to have some shooting in the backcourt. You yep. feel confident enough with Wagner and Dillingham and potentially Shepard and how much he's going to play, I think, is fair. Is that going to be enough for you? Right now, in my brain, no. It's not enough. It's not even maybe even close to enough. So can you get Reeves back? I would love Reeves back. That would be huge. It'd make me feel a lot better about shooting. And this, of course, coming off his 0-12, 0-13, game. Uh, but I also don't want him to go out that way either. So get him back. I'm going to be a little tougher on the roster construction this year than I probably have ever been. Uh, not that it means anything for anybody. I'm just talking personally <laughs> here for this radio show. It's not like Cal's going to get his ass in gear because TJ Walker said to get some better players. But I, I just think when we're going to be talking this team over the summer, I'm going to probably take a more hardline approach about n- no room for error. Like enough is enough. Next year needs to be fun, fun. Like I don't care yeah. so much about the regular. I do care about the regular season. I want the regular season to be good. But like you, you've got to make a little SEC tournament run next year. You need to definitely make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That's a no-brainer. And you really just need to make the Final Four. So I'm going to be tougher on them, I'm gonna, for sure. And I think this may be Cal's last ride. Those are conversations for different days as well. But uh, we can, unfortunately, start to have those conversations because Ooh. the season is over. Would you rather Antonio Reeves or Chris Livingston returns? It's a good question. Uh, would love Bofa if, if, you don't, you know, if you don't mind me saying. but. I oh, it's so tough. I'd go Reeves just from an offensive standpoint, but I think I think a, the correct answer may be Livingston. I would go Reeves, but I think the correct answer could potentially be Livingston. You get a little bit more linked on the defensive end, and we're gonna, you know, similar to like when Austin McGinnis left UK football, we're gonna, there's gonna be some time where we're gonna have some rebounding issues without Austin. Oh. Yeah, and it's like going to be, be some games be where brutal. He just gets absolutely murdered on the boards, and we'll just be like, "Oh yeah." When you don't have Oscar that team that get... averages sixteen rebounds per game, it makes it a little bit tougher. Oh my gosh! It uh, I, maybe I, Livingston's I, the right answer. I don't know. What do you say, Roush? What do you say, Scoots? Uh, I think the correct answer for me is definitely Livingston. He's he's going to be one of those guys. And I looked at my roommate last night and told him this: if he puts it all together. Next year, he could be a beast, just an absolute beast. I, so I think for me, it's Livingston's the right answer. But you do need the shooting of Reeves, so it is, it's a great question, Ralph. I, I think you could get a more – if Livingston continues to develop, you would have a higher floor player because Reeves is always going to be just a streaky scorer guy. And I wonder about – putting the pieces together with some of those other guards. Because it feels like Reeves needs to be a volume guy, right? Took him a while to get going. How much does he give you defensively? I don't know. You're probably easier to find a guard in the portal, whereas how many players like Chris Livingston are there out there? Do you need that? So I think I'm taking Livingston. Although, don't you – can't you see something like um, the, the storylines? We had P.J. Washington go 0 for 11 at the free throw line against K-State. Reeves had a – that was a P.J. Washington-like performance. <laughs> Um, so I could see the stories of, you know, he couldn't leave on a sour note. He had to come back. 
in return for another year to get revenge on last year. Like, I, I, I could see that happening with Reeves as well. So, um, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. Yes. Uh, I would, I hope that's, I hope that's the case. You could, you could be all right with either one of them coming back, but, uh, how about, uh, let's take our, let's take a break. Oh, we've got some fun news to talk about on the other side of it too. It's very, very online that I'm, it, I'm very is excited. To share. Is it uplifting news? Um, well, oh, it's, no. oh, no. it's, it's good. No, it's, it's going up or it's, it's, oh boy. Oh boy. All right, we'll come back. Ross is going to tell us what that is because I have no idea what he's talking about. We'll figure it out together. This is well, it's Kentucky... in your field of expertise. It's basketball okay. and real estate. Oh, boy. Okay. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Experts Radio. TJ Walker, what's going Rob on? Justin. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh no! We suck again! Searching for you Remember to go to a Thornton's today. And then after you're done at Thornton's, go to Salsaritas for lunch. Two locations in Louisville. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthew's newly renovated and new covered patio. So as spring officially gets underway at 524 today, uh, enjoy the nice weather. Outdoor Mexican eats at Salsaritas in St. Matthews. All right, Roush, real estate and basketball. What do we got here? Well, um, we said that it was a major distraction uh, for Providence. I, I, I think we may have played a role in the major distraction. Um, Ed Cooley potentially moving to Georgetown. Well, he put his home on the market for sale this morning per Zillow, as reported by John Rothstein. So um, he's looking for a horse farm in uh the dmv wait so he's going to georgetown which is a wild way i mean why would you put your house up for sale before you you got you took the job like it feels like a very back ass words way to go about things but yeah that's how there had been a lot of smoke now his house is for sale on the market wow oh yeah What's it Big mean? Uh, maybe Rick Pitino is going to buy. It. Maybe he goes to Providence. That's what I really want. I want I want him to say "suck it, St. John's," and then just take over for Cooley and come home. I really did. I, I kind of wanted that too. I thought that that would just be really funny. Yeah. St. John's would be left out in the cold, <laughs> which would be good. I wanted that as well. We talked about how it just did, like while it was fun to hopefully give them a little bit of a distraction, and Kentucky was able to get the win. Who got a tournament win? But it ended up not mattering. But well, still better than losing in the first round, I suppose. But regardless, but it, it may have been a distraction, may not have been a distraction. But it, we did talk about how like it just doesn't really make sense. He's a Providence guy. Uh, he's been there forever. Georgetown, somewhat lateral move, and then I know Providence doesn't take basketball they don't put as much money into basketball as other places do i know their facilities aren't great so 
to me, this has always been, and, and Ed Cooley's done this before, but this has always just been a, hey, if you don't make some investments, if you don't make some promises, if you don't help me out, I may go somewhere else. Because he has done it before, but he has taken this one really far. Like, he is putting your house up on the market, you're taking it <laughs> to the next level. I still think ultimately... Wouldn't it be funny if he was doing this just to get a raise or, like, get more investment? <laughs> I think that's what he's doing. I, still like, think, I don't think he's going to be the Georgetown coach. How funny would it be if he if he actually sold his house then used the profits to help them with their facilities? <laughs> I, I, it's a, it, that is a wild situation. And if you're Georgetown, like, I guess you'd, I, I, I don't know, Ed Cooley in Providence. It, it's one of those, it's got a little Satterfield feel to it. Although I think Ed Cooley is much more liked. Yeah. Yeah. Much more liked. But and more successful like, too. If like by Cooley standards. stays at Providence and you've got the whole hometown angle and whatnot. So it, it is certainly not an apples-to-apples apples comparison by any means. But just under the idea that, like, if you're Providence, you've, I think you've gone to one Sweet 16 with Ed Cooley. Like, you know, it's been solid, and you've had some good good times, but it's not, been, it's not like you've been knocking on the doors to Final Fours left and right. And if you want to be one of the top programs in the Big East, that should be one of the expectations. So if he left, you, if you're Providence, you could think like, all right, maybe we take that next step. Now the fear would be maybe we get to the basement of the Big East and we turn in, you know, kind of what Butler's been up to as of late. But he hasn't also been killing it there either, Roush. Uh, I, I didn't realize. He, I mean, they got the Sweet 16 last year, and that was their first since 97. They've only had five ever. Um, I think he's almost their winningest coach in program history too. He has – um, uh, he, he's got, he's got a bunch, I think he has the NCAA tournament record appearances, but he, he, from the Satterfield comp, there is an aspect of he's just above average. Like he's just good enough, but not like, wow, this guy's great. And that's why he's hung around there for so long. Providence is typically a job that you go in, you do crazy good for a year or two, and then you get out, but he's stuck around because he's, he's not that good. So, um, yeah, it, yeah it's, they, no, the, the Satterfield comparison is a bad comparison, but just in the sense of, like, you're not terrible, but you're also not good enough where we're, like, desperate for you to stay. Like, I think Providence wants Cooley to stay, but if, if he were to go, it'd kind of be like, all right, well, then we'll, we'll, move, we'll move on in a, in a different direction. Bring Patino right. back. <laughs> and Rick Patino looks like he's going to go to St. John's. That took almost no time at all after the Iona loss to UConn. And, it's uh, the coaching carousel moves on. UK is going to be looking for an assistant coach. KT Turner out the door. Not sure if we talked about that on Friday or not, but yep. it's it's a uh, we'll see. We'll see who they Josh Passer to Lexington. We'll see who they replace him with. Do and also if you're Cal, we'll talk more about the coaching hire in the coming days. I'm sure, but if you're Cal, one thing that you got to like. If, if you do think that you maybe aren't going to be coaching five years down the road, even maybe four, three years down the road, you do wonder, like, do I need to bring in an ace recruiter on my staff when, you know, I don't really need to – like, recruiting's not going to be the big thing for me because I ain't going to be here to coach some of these, like, sophomores that we would need people to keep ties, touch ties with. And then there's also the like obligation to making sure you don't leave the cupboard completely bare for when you leave as well. 
But I do wonder in his, in his assistant coaching hire if he's going to think more along the lines of, like, I just want strictly somebody X's and O's, game development, scouting, uh, recruiting, couldn't care less about because it's just out of sight, out of mind for now. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't think it's impossible. We'll probably know based on who the hire is. If you hire somebody like an older head, that's probably not going to be recruiting driven. If you hire a young up and comer like that role has been, whether it's a Joel Justice or Jay Lucas or KT Turner, then yeah, maybe it will be more of an emphasis on recruiting. I'm just saying I don't really care about the emphasis on recruiting. Uh, I just want I want next year to be as like a well fine tuned machine as possible. I want them to be ready for every opponent. I want the players to develop. I want I want the coaching just to be chef's kiss. Nothing that we have to really worry or question about so much. And if that means 2026 recruiting takes a little bit of a dip, we can worry about that then, Roush. That's for future TJ to talk about. Yep, future problem. Mm-hmm. All right, let's read a few texts, but we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to start from the bottom up. Our live Whoa. listeners giving y'all a shout-out. Uh, Texter says, yeah, and anyone who thought Wheeler was going to play is silly. The dude quit on the team back in February. The injury was just an excuse to save face. The surgery on senior day was just so beyond weird. And yeah. that – and. It, it could be totally just like the way it all had to play out. You could show me like through the doctor's notes being like, yeah, we had to schedule it this day because of this. And then he did that. And we didn't just know wait a day. Like, just go to I, senior I don't, day. I don't, I don't care. Even if it like, it's just so weird. It's just such mm-hmm. a weird situation. Um, and then, like, again, we like Kyle Tucker. I Carumba, we're big fans of it. I'm not blaming Kyle for any of this, but like UK really kind of used Kyle there. Because I don't doubt that they were leaking some info to him about. And I don't hey, know why, he, though. Just why. And 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 shout out to Jack. He read the situation correctly. And I'm not blaming Kyle at all. If, if I've got uh, Orlando and Tigua, and I'm not saying this is the case for Kyle, but if I've got Orlando and Tigua texting me, be like, dude, he's going to play. He's been hurt. This has been the situation. But I don't think it's going to be a lot, but we're going to see him on Friday. If I'm Kyle, guess what? I think we're going to see him on Friday. That's probably going to be my opinion of it. But Jack really sniffed out that situation, and 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 credit to him. But that the, it was weird. It was weird. Like I get gamesmanship, wanting Providence and Kansas State to have to think about potentially having to play for him. But you know what? They were probably wanting to see Severe Wheeler out there. Hey, if Severe comes, just so you all know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. If their short point guard comes in, just sag off. Just sag off. Stay on your man's <laughs> on the edge. Just sag off him if he wants to shoot. You live with that. Uh, and he's going to try to go left, do the little spin, come bring it back around finish if he is going to finish or most likely he's going to pass it just stay disciplined in your coverage of other guys when he's in there he's not going to kill you boom there's your game prep for severe wheeler were you really were you really making them sweat it out no you weren't it was ridiculous i don't really have any gripes with the in-game coaching yesterday and i hear nick's point about having a second round team but michigan state doesn't have a good team and Izzo got it done creighton is the six seed got it done against a three seed baylor just tired of cal not getting it done in big games, we never beat teams we shouldn't, and we oftentimes lose mm. to teams we shouldn't. But see, the the thing that just invalidate like there are certain things that invalidate the latter part of your statement. Like he has done it, but it was a long time ago, and it was with different teams. Like Creighton beat ba- Creighton's, Creighton's a better team than Baylor. Baylor. Baylor's really stunk down the stretch. But like to, to your point about Izzo, that's the kind of team that Izzo does well with. Izzo is a overcoacher. That's what he does. Calipari is not. Calipari does not win by overcoaching. His best teams win by overtalenting. If he had one of those teams that I thought could have talent, then I, I would be a little bit more critical. But like, that's kind of what Izzo does. That this is his wheelhouse. This is 
Being a six seed is not Cal's wheelhouse. And like, I and I kind of disagree while agreeing with your overall sentiment that like in March and we have enough evidence of this every year. You need to have guards that you can trust, and if you have a reliable, you, you do. You need a reliable big, and if you have just that, to, it, it it matters to the degree. But as long as you can check those boxes, you yeah, can make a run. Doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean Kansas State's going to do that. TJ, you picked them in the Final Four. Like they that those two guys might be good enough to just do it. And the flip side, <laughs> Michigan State has that makeup too. They have yeah. some guards that can kind of take over games, and they've got a reliable big. There's like probably 35 teams that have that makeup that can do it, and it actually may even be more than that. Uh, but again, the degrees vary. Kentucky had that. They, we had that makeup. But guess what? UK's guard, reliable guard, went 0 of 92 yesterday. And that's how you you go home. Uh, Kentucky's got a reliable big. He was incredibly reliable. And you didn't have to worry about him. Kansas State has a similar makeup to that. Their guards hit the shots. Kentucky didn't. I, my biggest thing that I noticed, and I'm right there with everybody on this. I don't disagree with it. I just I think people handle their emotions and their reactions differently. And I I don't think there's a major issue with it unless you're just a total whiny baby, in which case you annoy everybody, and you probably do need to hear that. Um, but we're all there. I'm sure I annoy people. Uh, it, it's it's totally understandable. I think the biggest thing that UK fans have a, have a tough time coming to grips with, Roush, is just you're not dominant anymore. Because when I say that there's 35 teams that have that makeup of guards that can score and a reliable big, there's also maybe like – five anywhere from any given year from like one to five where it's like hey we've got those things and you know we we have we know that they're better than the ones that you all have and our role players are better than the ones that you all have we don't have to worry about if we have the right chemistry of a couple guards that can score and are reliable we do have that we know we have that and it's better than your all's and our role players are better than your all's. It's called domination. Alabama has it this year. UK fans are used to having it. They're used to having it because of Calipari, for what it's worth. But unfortunately, it's just been too long since we've been back in that realm. And even last year, which does get so clouded because of the St. Peter's loss, and understandably so, we always talk about you're going to get judged what you do in March, and that, that should be the case. Uh, it was a fun regular season, but even that wasn't like domination. It wasn't domination. Domination is what we saw in 2010 and 2012 and 2015. 2017 is kind of right there on the edge. They were good enough to win a title, so I think people kind of moved them into a different category. But it's just like we know that we're, we're better than you. And, yeah, March Madness can be a little bit random, and that 2010 team still got bit by it. The 2015 team still got bit by it. But, like, we're just better than you. And I think Kentucky fans just miss that so desperately. And I do understand it. Like, I, I understand it. But Cal also did kind of create that monster himself. Blaming the refs for the loss is perfectly fine, by the way. It's not the only reason we lost, but it's a reason. It's not sour grapes. It's just a fact. I agree. Like, people, you know, the people that are like, you're just such a ref wider. It's like it's a part of the game. It is a part of the game. You want it to be as little as an impact on the game as possible. Unfortunately, it, it, it had a sizable impact yesterday. But, again, Kansas State hit shots. The refs weren't the ones from 26 feet putting the ball into the basket. It was the Kansas State players doing that. And you just got to credit them sometimes. And I hate we hate it. We hate losing. We want Kentucky to have the dudes that are doing that. And just far too often lately they haven't. They haven't had enough reliable guys. 
Uh, Texture says uh, both gender scoots, not all. It's 2023. We have more than two genders now, pal. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Hey, guys, what did y'all think about Penny Hardaway throwing the water bottle at the end of the game or Eric Musselman taking his shirt off and sprinting it around his head like a helicopter? I get the emotions in the moment, but come on. Stay classy, San Diego. Okay, this is from a 99-year-old human being. Love it, even though I hate it, but I love it. You know Eric what I mean? Like, man, take your like, shirt off. Like, like Musselman is such a corn dog for it, but that's the most Musselman thing ever. You know? I love the so, I love the fan in the stand that like took his shirt off with him. Now you're just gonna have a ton of of, of hogs of loose hogs. They're gonna be taking their shirts off left and right. Yeah, it um. It's fun though. I, I love I love the the emotion of March. Uh, anybody, that was has anybody yeah. made a who let the dogs out but who let the hogs out parody song? Definitely. That that well, had to. Ha- I bet that got. Ha- I bet that was made in right before the wave of uh, yeah. YouTube songs with like this is Indiana and the Missouri one. I bet it just got lost in the shuffle. Man, I was so excited for the game yesterday. I did get back into like my UK YouTube song playlist mode. Like I was listening to teach him about Kentucky, uh, teach it or uh, the Calipari Calipari song. Calipari, That's how you know I'm excited Calipari. for a UK basketball game. That if I get those songs fired up, and I don't, and I don't get to do it again till November. It sucks. This sucks, everybody. I'm. We're all. We're all. And I don't know. I haven't read all the texts, but like. I'm sure there's some stinkers out there, but like we're all in the, you know, we're in this together. Everybody wants it to be better. And the thing I try to tell myself on days like yesterday is just when, when the cats punch through and that day does happen again, just, it'll be that much sweeter. I'll probably have no hair left on top of my head and my daughter will probably be taking care of me, but it'll be sweet with that day that when, when that happens, I'm in a sports hell, Roush. <laughs> Oh. People consider Michigan State a blue blood light. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you want. <laughs> Roush to spring practice pick back up today. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have a ton of updates. So, so they one more day of Wallowing. But they, they are back, but we aren't doing updates and stuff, I don't believe. My buddy my buddy mentioned this earlier this morning, but this Monday really is one of the worst Mondays of the calendar the year. year. It's, like, it's first off, just the the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and St. Patrick's Day Monday just stinks off the get go. But especially if you mix in a tournament season loss at, to that Monday, it really is. I think the worst Monday of the year. It it it's very much a. Um, I have this kind of after derby feeling uh, where you just are like, well, now what? What like what do I what do I do? What what. It, and that's what we really just need to get to Thursday. Get the basketball back going again. And then after this weekend, Roush, you really do kind of get into like a derby. Louisville starts to kind of get a buzz around it again. We'll be okay. Just get to the week. Get to this weekend. We'll be fine. These next few days are going to stink, though. It just – the the part that um, – the part that also stinks about it all is that it takes a little bit for your brain to get adjusted to the overload of basketball content – and then now I, I'm addicted to it. I've got an IV hooked up to my arm, and I need more nonstop basketball. And you know what? Even yeah. the next time I get basketball, it's not going to be nonstop. They're, aren't they standalone the rest of the way? No, you'll you'll get some crossover Thursday and Friday. But it's very minimal, though. You know, and it's just like, ah, oh, gosh, I need more. 
I need more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Texter says, it's football time in the bluegrass. Yes, we'll be very excited for this football season. Yeah. I mean, it can't come soon enough, and I hate saying that because we're still so far away, but, like, yeah, we're going to – we're going to – it's going to be fun. We're going to be excited about it, and when that season rolls around, uh, we're going to probably be – probably maybe going to be a little overly optimistic. A texter, we'll get this one in, and we'll hit the road. John here, good morning to all. I'm doing okay with the loss. Often this year I've heard that Cal has lost his touch and that the roster makeup was not good and has been good for a few seasons. I agree a little, but not fully. The only area I agree with the roster makeup not being good is that for the last few seasons we have not had the guy of college we have not had the guy of college slash true NBA All-Star. I mean, when the last time we had a true top three player in college basketball that would eventually go on to be selected in top three in the NBA. I mean, guys like Oscar, Knox, and Murray were great players, but they were not that guy. We need to get back to getting at least one of those guys, Walt Davis, or even we missed on such a guy like Zion. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I thought the roster were okay, but they did not have the guy that was that guy, and that hurt us the most. Do you all agree? Sorry for the text. It's too long. We'll got to go talk to you later. Uh, yeah, I think we all, like, you You want a Brandon Miller if you can, that, that is that type of guy that you're referring to. Now, on the flip side, you'll have some people say, well, you had the National Player of the Year, but... I know what you're mean, John. You, you you mean like an NBA superstar, not just somebody that puts up great college numbers. We thought we had it with Shaden Sharp, if we're all being honest with each other. Maybe for last year, maybe for this year. It's exactly what both teams were missing or needing, at least in last year's regard, and you didn't get them because of the weirdest situation that would only happen to UK basketball because we all are in this hell tornado that I'm in, and everything mm-hmm. sucks, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about it. Thanks for all the texts. Thanks for listening. We'll try to get to more of them. I don't know what we'll do with the text line. Just text them in. We'll, we'll try. We always are appreciative of them all, and we'll eventually get back to a more normal routine. Have a great Monday. This is KRC. I'm Big X. CJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kaler. Chief. Don't worry. Ooh.